Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to the Bedtime Stories. My name is Pijn van der Sloot and these are my daily thoughts as an artist in Amsterdam during the COVID-19 crisis. So first of all, always a selection of things I have read in the news in the tsunami of information we are getting these days from uh, news channels or uh, social media. And uh, I just give my comments on it. Um, so let's hear them from today. Yeah, welcome to the news of the 18th of April and um, it's a bit late so I'm gonna go to sleep soon so I will try to make this uh, podcast not so long. <clears throat> this is my uh, the moment I put all my thoughts on on, uh, on an audio recording and then I just go to sleep. Um, in the news I always go around the world and I uh, point out some news that are from different uh, countries but there in somehow there's little news from each country or big news. Uh, point out something about this uh, crisis that uh, yeah, some of the things are happening not only in that country uh, but uh, also many other uh, places around the globe. So I'll start with the Netherlands. In the Netherlands um, we have the Central Bureau of Statistics uh, and they are also doing like uh, research into the number of infected and number of uh, especially the number of uh, people passing away uh, this time. And it's not really the numbers the government uses. They they uh, base all their uh, actions on the RIVM, RIVM, uh, sorry. And that's a dis- different. Uh, that's like the experts in uh, in virus uh, and ep- epidemics and this kind of stuff. But they do a total different uh, way of measuring, and it's based on testing. And the testing in the Netherlands is uh, done very poorly. So. The numbers they are putting out are like, uh, yeah, I don't really follow those numbers. Uh, and the CBS is doing their own research. And today they showed that uh, we might already be above the 5,000 uh, uh, dead cases in the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, that's uh, like double maybe or uh, something like that than the, the official numbers. And um, yeah, but they research in a different way. So they really uh, compare how many people died uh, this month compared to other months in our, uh, in the past, you know. Um, so, yeah, th- there is not exactly, they don't know exactly because people have not been tested. But I think this information is quite important because it shows, um, yeah, the way the Dutch government is kind of like uh, dealing with the situation. And I, I believe it's like trying to keep it not so uh, serious uh, than what it is. And there are a couple of uh, things, uh, I believe, of that. The CBS also um, has, uh, uh, did a research into the healthcare workers. And, and this month, there's uh, 40% more uh, than usual uh, uh, healthcare workers that reported sick. Uh, so yeah, that's a very uh, high number, uh, per, I think, personally. Because that means that people that work in the, in the health sector, they are uh, also getting uh, sick a lot. Um, so yeah, uh, this is, uh, for me very worrying because first of all, these numbers are worrying. And second of all, the government is giving us other numbers, which is, uh, yeah, very strange, uh, I believe. Um, and, um, yeah, there was another, I read on another opinion, a friend sent me, and that was about that, um, yeah, the ministers, they have been, 
uh, getting information uh, that this virus is very serious, like long time ago already, and they did not much with it. Um, and this you have been seeing all over the, the globe, many countries, many governments uh, yeah, didn't take it serious at the beginning. And then there was the other one, which was about the protection, you know, the mouth, uh, the face masks. Um, in Netherlands is one of the only <laughs> countries in all of Europe in which uh, like, like they are not uh, uh, communicating to the population that they should be wearing those masks. Uh, there are many countries that are now like implementing it, like you cannot go outside without a mask. Uh, and there was some articles, like somebody was kind of like insinuating that that is because the Netherlands doesn't have enough face masks. Uh, so the whole po- population cannot start wearing them because uh, they, yeah, they can, they, can, they don't even have uh, enough to, uh, to, um, uh, for the healthcare workers. So they are f- probably afraid that people are going to start buying and use them themselves, even though they have to go to the healthcare workers first. Uh, and they are, they, they ordered like a lot new, but they still, of course, didn't arrive. So it's a, it's a question, uh, if they're going to be on time. So it's like a race against the clock, this uh, face mask, uh, thingy in the Netherlands and uh, yeah, many other, con- other countries also. And, uh, yeah, of course you can make your own mask, you know, or you can order your mask, uh, at the local, uh, designer, for example, in Amsterdam, we have uh, Melanie by Brown. She's making, uh, the masks herself and they're really cool. And, uh, yeah, you support the local business, which is, uh, at this moment, uh, what we all should uh, start to do. So stop uh, buying things from, from the big companies or, uh, ordering, uh, things through the big companies, but, uh, really support your locals. And uh, uh, for face masks, you can also do it. There are many initiatives making face mask, uh, masks now. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, you can also do it yourself. You know, DIY is uh, it's the way to go now. Um, then there was another news from the Dutch uh, uh, that the car sector is uh, having a really hard time, you know. So they are selling like 40% less cars. Um, and uh, yeah, less cars, the better, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's actually really good news i think yeah sorry for the people that work in the business but uh this is just uh this is a change uh, that's necessary um let's go to france for a little bit uh macron uh, had had an interview uh, with the newspaper i think and um yeah he is really pissed off at the dutch government um and that is because he thinks or he's saying that uh, the Dutch they are only in the European Union because for them it's only about the money you know like trade and, and the, our own economy and the reaction of the du- Dutch minister to that was uh, <laughs> was kind of like uh, uh, when I read it I was like oh yeah he's kind of agreeing like he thinks that's true like that's really how they think you know like trade is uh, first thing and then uh, then comes and there are also some other things and that's how he said it um, and Macron was speaking about the other things that are also uh, key in the European unions, which is solidarity, for example. So, yeah, no, the Dutch put trade first and solidarity maybe also. Uh, uh, yeah, it's also there. But, you know, that's the approach of the Dutch government to the European situation at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe uh, the Dutch have to uh, switch really fastly. Then we go to South America, uh, some uh, yeah, very tough news from Ecuador in a, in a town called uh, Guayas. Uh, it's the epicentrum, uh, I don't know if it's a town or, or a province, but it's the epicentrum uh, of, the, of the outbreak in Ecuador. 
uh, already uh, 6,000 uh, deaths. Uh, so yeah, there is a human, humanitarian drama happening in Ecuador uh, and it's not the only country. Um, so countries that are not so uh, wealthy, like the Netherlands, they are having huge problems to uh, help the population uh, or to warn the population correctly, etc. Uh, so yeah, this is like humanitarian uh, dramas unfolding in uh, many of these countries. Um, then I have many friends in Mexico, so I see a lot of what they are sharing on uh, on Facebook, for example. Um, and then there, there was one article which was uh, yeah really fucked up. It's uh, my friend uh, shared it, and it's uh, it was uh, about uh, in Pachuca. It's a town in Mexico, and what happened there is that the municipality sent like these people to disinfect uh, the public spaces. Uh, to the bus stations and then uh, they went there and they disinfected and uh, they made pictures and videos and they shared it online like yeah we are doing very uh, uh, we are really uh, acting and then <laughs> one worker of the of the bus station he told the the reporters uh, like uh, yeah uh, they came here and they <laughs> disinfected like a couple of uh, uh, square meters and then they made pictures of that and then they left so actually it was just like pure propaganda they were shooting there. Um, yeah, this is a huge problem, like uh, governments and propaganda at the moment in many countries also. Um, and then there was, a, I read it in the Dutch news, is that the, the family of the chapel, you know, the the drug lord, uh, the biggest uh, uh, narco uh, at this moment that is in prison in the States, um, but his family, uh, they are giving away like survival kits to the poor people, like boxes with food and uh, cleaning stuff. And then they print uh, like the face of the chapel on the, on the boxes. Uh, yeah, also kind of propaganda, but it's pointing out one thing. And that is that uh, if you think uh, the biggest criminal of, uh, of Mexico uh, was the drug lord uh, chapel, um, maybe think again, because the government is doing less than what uh, they are doing. And uh, the stories I hear about how the government is reacting to the to the COVID-19 crisis in Mexico. Yeah, they're just terrifying. So, yeah, the chapel thing is is funny news. But uh, at the same time, it points out the inefficiency of the of the government that, you know, like uh, narcos are need to need to step in to uh, uh, take care of the, of the population. Yeah, that's that's not what you want, you know. Um, then a little quick jump to Argentina, also in South America. And, um, Ricardo Darín, uh, my favorite Argentinian actor, uh, he, uh, yeah, he's speaking about the, the, the crisis in some mediums. Um, and then he had one very nice quote, I saw it on a, on a, a timeline of a friend. Uh, it was, the economy is crashing uh, because we are only buying the necessary. Uh, and I thought it was beautiful. So. At this moment, we are only buying uh, like what we really, really need. And because of that, the economy is crashing. So it symbolizes uh, on what this economy is built, uh, on unnecessary things. And uh, as I said in my manifesto of solidarity, uh, debt to the unnecessary. So uh, yeah, if we stop buying things that are not necessary for us, uh, many parts of the economy will crash. And uh, those parts we don't need in the economy anyways. So uh, yeah. Keep buying only the necessary. Uh, that's already a, a, a way of uh, rebelling ourselves, just buying the necessary. That's an amazing act of rebellion. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's do it. 
And then we come back uh, to Europe again. Uh, we go to uh, Belgium. Uh, this was a, a funny news. Like there's a, there was this virus expert uh, that was saying that, uh, yeah, they can uh, restart the, the um, uh, football competition um, because if, uh, well, if they do wear face masks, you know, like face protection, then they can actually play football. And I read that and I just had to laugh like, okay, maybe this guy knows about viruses, but you know shit about football. You, because you're touching each other all the time, first of all. Uh, <laughs> second of all, um, if you put uh, a footballer a face mask, you will uh, aff asphyxiate uh, in 10 minutes, you know, like you cannot be uh, doing a top sport uh, if you have a, a face mask, you know, it doesn't work like that. So, uh, yeah, all these kind of propositions of uh, experts, I'm like, Jesus, what kind of expert are you? You know, like, uh, you just think a little bit. <laughs> and then there was a, a last little thing about the Netherlands to finish up the news. Um, I read an article that the KLM, you know, the uh, airline company, Dutch Royal Airline Company, they want to ra raise the bonus of the, of the president of the company uh, by 100% of the income that he already has. So let's say you earn uh, so much money a year. Uh, they want to double that uh, if he does a good job at the end of the year as a bonus. And uh, yeah, the government is opposing that because they are like, uh, uh, what, uh, what, not in this time, you know, like what, what is this kind of uh, propositions? And when I read it, I'm like, uh, yeah, another company that uh, maybe has to go bankrupt. Sorry, there are many people working there. It's, uh, but uh, yeah. If you, uh, this, this type of precedence of this type of common companies taking bonuses by, by the thousands, by the hundred thousands and maybe millions, I don't know. Um, we don't, we just don't want that anymore. So, uh, fuck off. And, uh, if the company cr crashes because of uh, this crisis, uh, sorry, the people that work there, we are going to have to find another job somewhere in, in a profession that is, uh, either vital for the, for the society or. Uh, doesn't affect uh, the environment and society in a way like a company of as KLM is doing uh, because of the way because of their business model, uh, especially because I don't have anything against planes. You know, I was uh, speaking uh, with my friends today, and I was like, yeah, if we change our life in such a way that uh, our our CO two uh, footprint is so low that maybe you can uh, once in the years go on a holiday to to uh, yeah Mexico for example. That should be fine, you know, like we don't have to decide to take all this shit away, like never fly anymore uh, like that. Uh, so, yeah. Um, uh, but if you see this uh, president uh, doing this kind of bonus uh, culture, I'm like, yeah, do we? I also like to share my personal experiences during this crisis because it helps me a lot. To share them um, and also I think it's interesting to see how everybody deals with them uh, I'm a visual artist myself uh, and that's the scene I work in so usually it's related to uh, art um, and also how I deal with this crisis on a more visual level like the things I'm making these days let's hear them what are you doing Pai? Oh, well, 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 what not, what not. Um, I've been, uh, today was a very long day, very crazy. Uh, I did uh, a lot of things. 
I'm doing uh, many uh, designs for friends and projects that are uh, starting up now. Uh, and then I have thousands of my own uh, projects and ideas, uh, memes, posters, artworks, uh, emails, uh, lectures, uh, texts, uh, videos. So I'm working in, uh, in a lot of things. I have a really good uh, to-do list, very organized. And uh, yeah, besides that, I uh, always uh, take hours free to uh, uh, you know, just be at home and relax and do uh, uh, things that are not related to the, to the corona crisis. So yeah, I relax my mind a little bit. Uh, today I uh, had uh, some very nice conversations with, uh, with uh, friends. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I was meeting with, um, yeah, some of my closest friends here in Amsterdam and, uh, we have this uh, video calling and then, yeah, we spoke about the issue. Uh, we share a lot. Uh, we have different opinions, uh, also many opinions that are the same. So it's uh, always very nice to talk with friends like this because you can just uh, share openly your ideas and then you can also laugh about it and put it into uh, a perspective. Etc. But there were some really uh, wise things being said today, so I wrote some of those down. Um, yeah, just to uh, to uh, yeah, shortly point them out. And one was my friend was saying that innovation is focused on making our lives easier, um, but we have to change the focus of innovation a little bit into that instead of making our life easier, it should be making our life better. Um, and by be by better, uh, it means like taking into account also uh, yeah, that uh, doesn't harm our uh, environment. So innovation should be really start to focus on, um, on projects and, and, and things that can appear that are focused on, on taking care of the environment at the same time uh, as us, because uh, yeah, we are part of it. Uh, then another thing that was being said was that the virus uncovers the racism and inequality uh, that is in our societies. Um, and yeah, that, that I was uh, super, uh, I totally agree with this because the virus doesn't make a difference in between if you're rich, poor, uh, old, uh, young, you know, uh, yeah, some are more in the risk group, but uh, everybody can get it. And uh, also, uh, yeah, for young people, it can be dangerous, you know, so, um, um, it doesn't make a difference in that, you know, it doesn't uh, dis distinguish race or anything. Uh, but our society does, you know. So when this outbreak was here, suddenly we are seeing that a lot, you know, like Afri African-American um, uh, communities in the States are being uh, uh, compared to uh, white Americans so much more um, uh, the, the victims of, of this uh, thing. And that's because of the institutional uh, uh, racism there. And also, you know, like, if you get if you're old and you get the disease and you have you're really wealthy, you know you can just go to a private clinic and this is all over the world, eh? Um, and I've been speaking about it before um, that in the newspapers there was, um, you know, articles and uh, interviews about uh, yeah how bad does the king of England have it now because he has to be in quarantine, and uh, I was like yeah in a fucking castle. <laughs> You know, like, uh, wh why are we uh, focusing on that? You know, like, fuck, fuck, fuck those guys, you know. Um, uh, you know, like, suddenly we see that some celebrities are also, you know, like, uh, in their wealthy mansions, uh, uh, sharing how uh, how good their uh, their quarantine is. It's like, yeah, you just fuck off, you know. Like, there are people that don't even have a house, you know, that are uh, facing the same problem. Um, so, yeah, this... Uh, 
this inequality and, and, and the racism and all these things in society, they are all being shown now. Like they are f like floating above and everybody's seeing it. So I think that's going to change a lot in uh, people's uh, way of thinking also. Um, and then last one was that, um, uh, yeah, my friend told me that you read in a book that many, um, like all civilizations, they always crash when the difference in between the rich and the poor has grown too big, you know? When that point arrives, the, the civilization crashes. And uh, yeah, that's uh, nice to take in account because uh, the capitalism is based on that, you know, that the richer are getting richer and the poorer are getting poorer. So in a way, uh, capitalism is, is, is uh, doomed to fail anyways. Um, yeah, that was uh, about the conversations. And then... Um, what what else? Oh yeah, I wanted to speak about. Uh, um, I'm not gonna drop any names, but uh, <laughs> Amsterdam graf graffiti artist that uh, sound like like uh, I like a lot and uh, I follow on Instagram and suddenly I saw the sponsored content of him and I was like, uh, what? Are you like paying Instagram to to? So Instagram shows me your content and I was like, I what the hell you know like. Uh, the, the radical graffiti in the streets and then really this uh, activist and then but then giving money to this uh, big corporations I was like mm, doesn't uh, doesn't fit with your work at all so I wrote him and I was disappointed and uh, I sent him my manifesto of solidarity uh, but yeah he didn't reply um, but yeah I was also speaking with another friend and I was doing all this boycott um, Amazon thing Today I made the artwork with it uh, called Banana for Skill, where I used the logo as the banana, as this banana that was in the news uh, a couple of months ago in the Miami Art Fair that was sold for 30,000, I don't know, you know, and some artists went and eat it, you know, like this, this uh, theater of uh, rich arts fairs, you know, Blah! I was really pissed off with the whole shebang. And now I changed the banana for... Uh, uh, for the logo of Amazon, and uh, because I, and I, I called it banana for skill because it re, it 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 and it relates. Amazon is the same as this. How the how fucked up the art world also is, you know, uh, all these prices and money laundry and uh, people buying art so they don't have to pay taxes. All these kind of uh, things that uh, yeah, we also have to take down or, or out of the of the art world. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, people are like, yeah, but you're, uh, so I was doing this boycott uh, Amazon, right? And they're like, yeah, but you also uh, use Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, those are all like big corporations that we should, should not maybe be using because you're actually paying with your, uh, yeah, with your data. And uh, yeah, I agree, of course. But uh, this is now the medium that everybody is using. So you can, uh, I cannot step out because then I don't have any reach. So in, in a way it's like, uh, using the enemy, you know, destroy it from inside. <laughs> and it made me think of this project uh, by Jonas Stahl, is a Dutch artist, which is called Democratize Facebook, in which they are, uh, yeah, researching this, you know, how can we as a people take over a network like Facebook and make it uh, our own? That was It's a very interesting project, so Google it uh, if you want. Anyways, that's for today. I'm uh, speaking so much, man. Oopa, gotta keep it shorter. This chapter is called Humanity 20, 
and Humanity 20. Um, I came up with that name because we have to be one step ahead of COVID-19. We are Humanity living in 2020 and here I share all the nice initiatives that I see that are appearing around me to try to fight this virus and try to unite uh, the people and uh, create new, uh, strong and uh, communities full of solidarity and empathy to each other. Gotta keep it short, but today I have a very nice one uh, to tell you in the Humanity 20, and that's the project my uh, friend Foti did. He uh, screened uh, uh, digitally, like uh, on a a platform where we all could join, and um, a a, a lecture of uh, of a reading by Viggo Mortensen, the actor that plays uh, Aragorn in The Lord of the Rings. Uh, And he's reading the text of uh, Albert Camus, uh, The Human Crisis. And it's a 40 minute text. Uh, if you want to, uh, to watch it, ask me, I send you the link. Um, because yeah, this text and this reading is like, uh, yeah, amazing. Like everything that was being said, like seriously, every word almost uh, has crossed my mind this month. So it makes so much sense uh, for the crisis we are going through today. Um, and uh, yeah, I couldn't find any uh, argument against anything of the things he's saying so I was really like uh, blown away because it's exactly the way I was thinking now and I based it really on the on the books by Tolkien um, and then uh, Aragorn reads it and I'm like ah, Aragorn was all the time here already you know like Viggo Mortensen is an amazing guy in real life you know like not only the what he acts but how he is and uh, yeah I know a lot about him so I have this uh, little bro- bromance crush on him uh but yeah so uh it, it all came together and that besides that uh Foti organized it because he's uh volunteering in this independent cinema called uh, Kavia here in um in Amsterdam and he's doing lectures and uh, showing movies there always and now he's doing uh I, he did this one uh, online and um yeah for me it was a little bit like uh I spoke before about the open collaboration uh, uh, of uh uh, designers by the German uh, teacher and designer uh, Patrick Thomas, in which he puts uh, designers from all all over the world into a platform and they can design together, you know, and then they make posters together uh, based on algorithms. And uh, when I was doing that, I was like, oh my God, this is graphic design history, you know, that this way of collaboration and co-creation, this is, you know, this is the future. And uh, today I was watching... Uh, uh, the, the screening of Foti and then I was like yeah this is like a cinema history being revived you know when 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 they did it when Vigo did it because this is uh, uh, a couple of years ago then it was also really important but when Albert Camus read it for the first time that is uh, 74 years ago then it was like this historical thing because yeah nobody dared to point these things out in the in the times uh, uh, yeah when he wrote it and uh, yeah, watching it now here with, I don't know, uh, maybe there was 20 people. I, I couldn't see how many they were there watching. But um, yeah, it really felt like uh, <laughs> like the revival of this historical moment. And it was uh, beautiful to to have been there, to have read the text, to, you know, inspire it a lot. Um, so if, if you are kind of following my podcast or my processes and you are like uh, agree on, uh, on, on, on things, you might be really interested in this uh, 40 minutes video because, uh, yeah, 
he explains it uh, 10 times better than me. I use all my own personal things, you know, like the metaphors with the Lord of the Rings or my art or my design and stuff like that. Uh, but he has it uh, from a yeah, really f f philosophical uh, point. So uh, it's beautiful to hear. So yeah, check it out. Let, let me know if you want uh, the link. And we arrive to the last chapter of this podcast, and that, that is always uh, the fellowship. And uh, this is uh, uh, the part where I analyze the books of Tolkien, uh, especially The Lord of the Rings, because I see a parallel with the story of those books, with uh, the crisis we are confronting at the moment. And in short, it means, it goes like this. Sauron, the bad guy, um, equal, equals capitalism, consumerism, bio-industry, corruption, greed and fear. So actually all the things we think are wrong in the world we are living in now, today. And the ring, the one ring, equals uh, COVID-19. And then we arrive to the fun part and that is the fellowship of the ring, which is uh, the humankind uh, working together. And in this um, chapter of, of the podcast, I will go deeper into some of the characters. Um, so yeah, let's hear which one we have today. Ah, yes, the fellowship. Here we are, the favorite chapter uh, from, from the podcast, uh, for me at least. Uh, and uh, I don't know, for some people also, because I'm, I've been... Uh, um, talking with some people that are also uh, very uh, into the Lord of the Rings. Uh, and today I wanted to speak about the character of uh, uh, Denethor. So um, I, yesterday I said I would speak about Grima or Theoden, but before that I will go to Denethor. And Denethor is the king of Gondor. Well, actually he's not the king. He's the last ruling steward of Gondor. Uh, so he's on the front line, let's say, of, uh, of with Mordor. So he's the first... Uh, city and stuff that's being attacked when Sauron moves out of Mordor and wants to take over Middle-earth. Um, but yeah, he's uh, quite embittered and uh, he's in despair, kind of, because uh, he doesn't know what to do with the, with the threat like uh, like Sauron coming. And uh, yeah, he fig he finds out that Boromir, his, uh, his oldest son, has passed away um, in this fellowship thing. And uh, yeah, he's really pissed off about that. Um, and then the actions he takes to kind of fight it are like really strange and stupid and, and uh, late, especially late. That's very uh, important. He doesn't realize the threat until Gandalf comes there and really, well, also not. When even Gandalf tells him the whole shebang what's happening, he still doesn't react properly, doesn't take the right measures. Um, and... Uh, yeah, at the end, he, he kind of realizes they are losing and uh, then he kills himself. He burns himself. He bur buries himself. He wants, I think in the book he buries. Uh, he wants to burn his, uh, his other son that he thinks is dead. And Faramir is that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly in the book, but yeah, in the movies, he wants to burn them. And um, yeah, when Gandalf comes there with uh, to offer him advice and... Uh, information and help actually he doesn't want that he doesn't accept it um and then he totally fails in anything that he's doing uh so yeah guess what is denator yeah you probably know already by now uh denator is our um, politicians and um 
yeah, especially uh, maybe the neoliberal politicians or, uh, yeah, that are kind of acting, but in a wrong way, you know, uh, very late, very little, very stupidly. Uh, and they don't accept any information from the Gandalfs or, um, uh, yeah, they are so, yeah, they are so in their own world. Um, they don't want help. And even though the help comes, they don't, yeah, it's like, uh, exactly how uh, politicians are reacting to the crisis right now. So yeah, if I see in the Netherlands, I kind of think, you know, it's that approach, like they're really doing something, but it's like, yeah. It's it's too late. It's not enough. Uh, you're just a denator. So, but when Gandalf comes there, uh, he decides to uh, take charge of uh, of the place, and he starts to uh, lead the the people into battle. And uh, yeah, so Gandalfs are gonna take it over from politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, that was the fellowship for today. Uh, tomorrow I will go to the Grima Theoden uh, part. And uh, yeah, Denator for today. Yeah, we arrived to the end of the podcast of today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, stay strong, stay fit, stay positive and stay, stay at home. Uh, in, the, in the conversation I had with my friends today in the video calling, um, I also uh, said something which was um, that it's very important for us, for all of us to realize uh, that acts that we are doing now uh, are super important and they are part of this um, uh, rebellion, you know, like uh, changing your way of thinking, staying at home. Uh, maybe uh, eating less uh, meat, uh, starting uh, creative projects, uh, focusing on your family, um, taking social distance seriously, um, calling a family, friends uh, to check how they are doing. Uh, these are exactly the actions we need. So when I always calling for action, uh, people are like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. And then I'm like, yeah, but okay, so how are you dealing with this crisis? And then they are already doing so many things uh, so yeah thank you so much for for everybody that is doing uh, what they can and um, uh, yeah help me convince uh, th the rest that us is not taking it seriously or is not following the social distancing rules um, yeah let me help uh, let me help me convince them um, so yeah thanks for listening and for the ones that cannot stay at home because they have a vital profession in society Thank you so much. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Um, I always play a song here for my playlist, The Fellowship Resistance on uh, Spotify. Check it out. It's like a mixture of pop, punk, um, hip hop, classic music. Um, yeah, many things. They all mix together. And today I will uh, playing you uh, Cumbia by Cumbia Queers. And it's called uh, Plantala. Yeah.